0: Welcome to the FBC Athens Podcast, open to explore devotions. Today is Good Friday, the thirty ninth day of the Lenten journey. Tomorrow, Holy Saturday, will be the fortieth and final day of this pilgrimage to the Cross. A special podcast, The Stations of the Cross, will be available tomorrow. It offers a self-guided, listening experience of the Fourteen Stations of the Cross. Today's devotion is shared by Nancy Hernandez. The scripture, Matthew 21, verses 1 through 17, is read from the New Living Translation. Listen to the hymn, Beneath the Cross of Jesus, played by Addison Aycock, and prepare your mind and your spirit to listen for God.
1: As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you'll see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he'll immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee.
0: Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Then he returned to Bethany where he stayed overnight.
2: My father was a Baptist minister for 56 years. When he was pastor in the 60s, we lived in Alabama and Oregon. He was a wise and creative leader and we had wonderful children's programs and music programs along with good leadership. These churches grew with him as pastor. The congregations deeply loved my parents. In January 1968, we happily returned to a church in Mobile that my father had pastored in the early 60s. We moved from Oregon to Alabama on a cold January day, and the church members welcomed us back like royalty. So happy to see us all. I will always remember that happy welcome and joy-filled crowd. Our country at this time was in great civil unrest, especially in the Deep South. Martin Luther King Jr. and John Lewis were leading peaceful marches from Alabama to D.C., demanding fairer laws and equal rights. My father had great respect for MLK and knew the time for change had come. Integration had begun, and many people were unhappy about it. My parents led their children in wisdom and encouraging us to be friends and respectful to all. Over the next two years, the neighborhood of Oakdale Baptist Church was also becoming more integrated. It was the beginning of many white families moving to the brand-new neighborhoods in the suburbs. This was occurring in our church, but people were keeping their membership, and growth was continuing. My father led his deacons to make a statement. They would not turn anyone away. All were welcome. They promised him this. Within the next year, a young married black woman talked to my father at the church about her daughter attending the half-day kindergarten. They lived very close to the church and wanted her child to be able to walk safely as she was having a baby soon. Kindergarten wasn't required in Alabama schools then, and many churches offered it to help their communities. He wanted this, but had to bring it before the deacons. He knew within his deacon board at the time were two active members of the local KKK, He never doubted the majority would agree with him. After all, they valued his leadership. Unfortunately, they voted his proposal down. As the meeting ended, he told them, You lied to me. We promised all were welcome. He was angry and disappointed, but continued to lead the church. In 1969, the church began the discussion to sell their property and buy land in West Mobile, where many of the members were moving. My father supported and encouraged the decision, wanting to keep the congregation together and provide a neighborhood church for the area. He truly loved and supported this congregation of people. He also knew change was slow. Weeks were spent in talks, but once again, the deacons chose to say no. They didn't want to sell and share their beautiful building. Fear was everywhere in the community, even in this loving congregation. Soon after, a brick was thrown in our yard. Not sure of the entire reason, he knew this was an ugly message. The KKK was known to do this as a warning if they felt whites were being too friendly to the black families. As a father, he was concerned for his wife and children, but as a minister, he could see the future a bit clearer. He didn't want to leave his beloved congregation, but he knew he could work better in reconciliation within the Baptist community. He felt God had led him right to this place for a reason. My parents made the difficult decision to move two and a half years after our grand return. He resigned as pastor and became the director of cooperative ministries with the Arkansas Baptist Convention, doing great, tireless work with God's help for 20 years. In verse 12 of Matthew 21, Jesus walked in the temple and threw out the greedy merchants, flipped over the tables, and his anger was justified. Jesus didn't like the way they were treating his father's house, making money in evil ways, all while keeping out the ones who needed healing, love, and prayer. This passage couldn't help but remind me of that time in my father's life in Alabama. Our grand return to his beloved congregation was celebrated. Even so, the fear of losing power, fear of change, and doubt had brought out the opposite of God's love from the leaders. My father wasn't Jesus, but he truly was a man of conviction and made great sacrifices for his service to God and his family. My parents kept their faith and trusted God, and their opportunity came. In these scriptures, God isn't causing the pain and the problems on Jesus. God has led him right there into Jerusalem. The same can be said for our trials and hardships, oftentimes happening after celebrations. Life often requires a wise decision and a faithful conviction. We can attempt to do it on our own and live in fear and doubt, or we can live out our faith, pray, and ask for guidance. I was taught this from a young age, and when I follow this teaching, I know God is with me every step of the way, even when I stumble and fall. As Christians, we strive to follow Jesus. Whether we have a grand entry, a happy return to a beloved place, or a tug on our heart, are we able to choose wisely? Lord, in your mercy, give us guidance, give us wisdom, and give us patience. We ask so much of you, and we so appreciate your grace. Thank you for your continuing to lead us in love over the many paths of life.